At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis. America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis. Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and today I have with me Kate Buddha. And I am so excited to talk to Kate today. I had a great opportunity of meeting her at an event that both, both she and I were speaking at um, called Diversified Mortgage. Uh, Expo. I had to think of the other, I was thinking it was assets, but uh, Diversified Mortgage <laughs> Expo, um, which I thought was pretty interesting because, um, you know, as, as a previous lender, I would have thought that this was all kinds of di diversified mortgages, but it was really focused on note holding, right? Just holding, buying and selling notes. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have Kate on here today, because I want to share this yep. with you. You know, especially as um, loan officers and real estate agents and investors who are listening in on this podcast, um, you know, I think it's important for us to be diversifying. I think it's important for us to have multiple uh, avenues of revenue that are coming in for us all the time. And um, that's exactly what notes do. And that's why I hold notes. And that's why we're going to talk to Kate about getting in. There's very something very specific about what she does that I want you to listen in on. And we'll kind of hold that off here just a little bit. But um, I think one of the challenges that people have, I'll come to that in a minute. I'll come to that in a minute, Kate. Let me introduce you first. Um, she joined okay. Ignite Funding Team, which I absolutely love the name. As I told you, that's the name of one of my programs, <laughs> um, yes. one of my coaching programs. Um, Ignite Funding Team at the beginning of 2021 and has quickly made herself an integral part of the team. She seamlessly adapted her role um, to her role of educating potential clients on the benefits of diversification with trust deed investments. AKA, AKA note holding to maintain a balanced portfolio. Kate brings with her over 30 years of sales and hospitality experience as a director, as a director of global sales. Uh, she was um, responsible for hundred million dollars in revenue internationally. So welcome to our podcast. We're so happy to have you here today, Kate. Yes. Thanks for asking me. I'm super excited. Yeah. Okay. So let's just, I'm going to, I'm going to get to, I, I want to, dispel a couple of myths. You know, the first myth is that um, most people say, well, in order to be a note holder, you have to have tons of money. And do I liquidate my 401k? Do I, you know, not have IRA? Do I, you know, and I know you're not going to give tax advice, but I think the biggest myth yes. is that you have to have a ton of money to be able to invest in notes. And that's something that I want you to dispel right away. Yeah. Not 
true. Um, yeah. We actually work, you do not have to be an accredited investor in order to work with us. Our minimum investment amount on any uh, trustee or, or note that you see with us is $10,000, yeah. right? So it's a very, very low bar for entry. The reason that we do that is because of that dispelling that, right? When you think of owning property or, you know, investing in real estate, you immediately go to the fact that, oh my gosh, I have to own a property. I have to be someone's landlord. I have to collect rents. I have maintenance. That's not the case. The investments that we offer are completely passive. We handle it all and it's a lower bar for entry. So it gives a lot of people the opportunity to stick their toe in the water, see what these type of investments are about, and then grow their wealth that way. Yeah. So can you explain for those that are just listening for the first time and haven't listened to the thousands of emails, <laughs> I shouldn't say thousands, <laughs> I would say at least at least 20, maybe, maybe 30 podcasts that I've done or episodes that I've done on this show uh, with investors, right? With investment um, avenues. Can you um, explain the difference between accredited and credited investors so that people understand that as well? So- yeah. So an accredited investor is uh, someone that uh, normally has to provide a million dollars of net worth. They have to provide their financials. They are given certain accreditations, right? Um, that they will supply to someone that is that a company that says you have to be accredited. Normally, these companies that are requiring the accreditation, uh, minimum buy-in on a project with them is anywhere between fifty to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to start, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so with us, there are still suitability requirements that we are regulated by the state of Nevada that we have to dis discuss with all of our clients. So you have to either have a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar net worth, not including equity in your primary residence, or uh, make $70,000 per year over the last two years. Now we are, uh, you will sign off on this on your loan documents. When you open an account with us that you meet one or the other, um, in order to invest with us. The reason that we ask these questions, the state regulations want to make sure that we are not taking your last $10,000. If something happens that you needed to live off of, right? Yeah. So you have to sign off that you meet those qualifications. We do not ask for verification on that, but you will sign off that. Yes, I, this is not my last, uh, yeah. that I'm investing. And that's protection mm -hmm. for you. And, and certainly, you know, people that are investors, realtors and, and mortgage loan officers, they get that. They certainly understand that. And I want to be yeah. making sure it's really clear too. It's an either, or it's not an and, and, and that's the same in accreditation right. too, it, you know, and, um, an accreditation, you need to make $250,000 or more a year or, have a mm -hmm. million dollars in investable asset, not your primary residence. So, um, you know, not equity in your house, the net worth, the net worth. So, okay. So now that we've cleared that up, you know, most people that are listening here are making yes. $70,000. Uh, many may have $250,000 mm -hmm. somewhere, you know, maybe in that 401k or mm -hmm. someplace else. Yeah. Um, so assuming that someone's there, let's talk about, um, and I have to look this up again because trust deed, I don't usually use that word. Actually, when I think of trust deed, for some mm -hmm. reason, I'm thinking about, um, buying, uh, buying tax liens because sometimes in mm -hmm. some States, you know, you're buying a tax deed. Yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm thinking of the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about note holding. Why is this become such a popular thing that my gosh, there was an expo with 200 people coming to it. Yeah. 
why yeah. is this becoming such a big deal? And what are, and I, again, I know you're not a tax person, but what are the tax benefits yep. and pitfalls to this? Because there are certain things we need to be aware of other than just, okay, I'm going to get income. Mm, yeah. Are you going to keep it all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So from, from, from a tax perspective, right. The one thing that people need to look at just like owning a property, right. If you're someone's landlord and you sell that house, um, if you're going to buy something else, you got to deal with a 1031 exchange right? Capital gains, taxes, things like that. Mm -hmm. On this side, when you're doing this type of investing, there are tax implications, but what, what you will get from us is you'll get a 1099 INT form. So the interest that you earn on the investments with Ignite funding is earned income. So it's added mm -hmm. to your earned income at the end of, at the end of the year year, right? And then, then you will pay taxes on that. Um, again, not a tax professional, but what I would tell you is to definitely contact your CPA, because if the interest that you're going to earn here is going to throw you into the next tax bracket, that's a conversation that you should actually have with your CPA and figure out what those implications might be. But in most cases, right, we do have different accounts that you can open. People can invest with their, you know, uh, if they're with a self-directed IRA, Right. We, mm -hmm. You can also use those funds to invest and we can also keep the, the, the interest tax deferred for you until you actually get to the age where you're, you know, drawing mm -hmm. off of that. So if it's yeah. also a Roth, right, those funds that are going back into that Roth are tax deferred also. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the fact that you had said this is passive income. I think what people, uh, when people hear the word passive income, they think it's just tax deferred, tax free, tax everything. Um, you mentioned, you know, this is considered earned income because it's interest. I, I totally get that. Help us understand what you mean by passive income so that everyone understands that fully. Yeah. Passive income, when you invest in these type of notes, right, um, we handle everything for you. So when we talk about passive, um, even back to the conference that we were at, you know, a lot of people that are note investors um, are finding their deals themselves. Passive for us, we handle everything for you. So mm -hmm. we have an underwriting department that is vetting our borrowers. They're vetting the property, the borrower's ability to pay. So when we're putting investments out there in real estate to our investors, everything's been fully vetted, right? We have all the information. We're putting it out there. We are offering these investments at a 10 to 12% return to our investors. We are providing them with monthly interest payments on their investment. So mm -hmm. on the 15th of each month, you're going to receive a check. Uh, ACH into your account, however your account's set up, however you want those funds transacted to you. Um, we handle all of it. Um, you are essentially going to tell us what loan you want to go on, how much you want to place. You sit back, you sign those documents, you get the power of attorney notarized, you're in that loan and you're, you're sitting back and you're earning your interest monthly. The loan terms are short anywhere. I would tell you between nine to 27 months max. Our investors know the term of the loan before they even sign into it. And then you just sit back for, let's say the next 18 months, you get your interest each month. And then at the end of that 18 months, you get your principal investment back. And then ideally you're, you know, compounding that, reinvesting it with us. And then, you know, interest, let's say your minimum investment's 10,000, right? You're in it for 18 months. You're earning, you know, a little less than $1,800 in that time. You're taking that $10,000 investment plus the $1,800, maybe you have a little extra, maybe your next investment's $15,000, let's say, right? And so you keep compounding that, keep investing in the real estate. Um, the 
trustee part, you know, to kind of uh, look at that is because when you're investing in these notes, they're all first positions, meaning mm -hmm. all our investors are listed on the deed of trust by name, by their percentage of their investment amount. Um, and that is the collateral for your investment. So it's not like you're just giving us your money. Uh, you're now the lender to this borrower and you don't have anything tangible. You have that tangible asset. It's the collateral for your investment. If a borrower ever stops paying for any reason, part of the passiveness is Ignite Funding is going to foreclose on that property on behalf of our investors, take it back and turn around and sell it to make sure our investors don't lose their principal investment monies. So when we talk about passive and us handling it for you, you're not sourcing it. You're not yeah. vetting it. You're not doing any of those things. We provide you with all the information that we got for the borrowers. So we vet them just like a bank would. Yeah, Credit I scores, tax returns, all of those things, right? And once you're an investor of ours, we will provide you with that information. So you know that we fully vetted our client, right? Our, our borrower. And then you get a comfort level with us, how we vet our vetting process, information that we, we give out. And then you can also, you know, it gives that comfort level between us and our clients. I'd love it. Um, I have a couple of questions to follow up because I know that everyone who's listening is saying, okay, ask her this, ask her this, right? So I have a couple <laughs> of questions, um, you know, to, uh, it's just that curiosity. Um, I have a, I have a quite a few questions because I want to make sure everybody gets the answers, you know, to all their questions. Do you happen to know the percentage yeah, of people of that find their own deals versus what you offer? Okay. Maybe that percentage of people that try to find their own deals versus what you mm -hmm. offer. And then how many other yeah. companies yeah. do what you all do? And you can, that's, so this is your competitive advantage, right? So if you could answer the first part first yeah. and then the second, yeah. Yeah, from a percentage standpoint, that I don't know. I mean, I did find it very interesting that when we attended that conference, there was a wide range of people that were there, right? There were people that were just starting out, trying to figure out how to source their own deals and there, and it really ran the gamut to people that had been doing this for a long time and had sourced hundreds of deals on their own, right? Yeah. There was, and there was a lot of people in between. And I would tell you that with an industry like this, you know, it is hard uh, it's all about networking, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, people starting out, right? You're going to get, hopefully not, into several bad deals before you hit that one and get your secret sauce, right? And yeah. know how you're going to source them, what to look for, all of those things, right? So from a percentage standpoint, that I don't have an exact percentage, but I will tell you that a lot of the clients that I do talk to are migrating to more of this type of investing rather than sourcing their own deals, right? Yeah. Because with yeah. the market conditions, the way they are today, it's a lot harder to source your own deals, yeah. right? There's not as many deals that are out there. And as you know, look at how many people that were out at that conference. Everyone is trying to source their own deals, yeah. right? And they're not mm -hmm. out there. So if you can go to one company, right? And we're releasing just to give um, the people that are listening an idea we're releasing anywhere between five to 10 new investment opportunities on a monthly basis, right? Okay. Yeah, uh, this month alone, we funded $29 million mm -hmm. next. Yeah. Next month is going to be our biggest month ever. We're sourcing, we're, we're going to be putting out there and funding $70 million. Now, all that we're funding 
to be very clear, it's all private investors. We don't take any uh, bank financing when we're doing these. So all in investors that are looking to jump in. So we are seeing an increase, kind mm -hmm. of a little bit of a shift because it is harder and harder to source these deals of them looking for companies like us, which leads you know into that next question that you were asking, right? How many companies are out there that are doing what we do? Mm -hmm. um, I will tell you that there are several. You need to be very careful when you're vetting them. Make sure that you're doing your research. Um, there's a lot of crowdfunding that's out there right? Mm -hmm. That, you know, you don't even have to talk to anybody. It's smaller dollar amounts. You can put in a hundred dollars, $500, thousand dollars, whatever it is. Right. Um, but if you actually get them on the phone and you ask the questions, um, mm -hmm. if they're not transparent with their information, you need to immediately hang up the phone. Yeah. Right. And yeah, and yeah of course if you don't feel good about it. Don't do it. Um, because yeah. I, I will tell you that a lot of these crowdfunding sources, they don't tell you that it's a second position. And a lot of the people mm -hmm. that are jumping into this, I mean, a lot of your listeners are, are a lot more savvy when it comes to real estate, but people that are just starting out don't know the questions to ask. And you're on a second position note and that borrower stops paying. You don't have a whole lot of options. Yeah. You're yeah. pretty much out your money at that point. Right. Yeah. And they don't know to ask those questions. The other thing is what is their default rate? What does that mm -hmm. look like? And there's some out there and I'm not going to name any names, but when we ask the questions, their default rate, 70%. Oh my now, God. Oh yeah. If no, you're in, no. yeah, no, if you're <laughs> investing with one of them and you don't ask those questions and you don't know, right. Mm -hmm. And if they're going to tell you, oh, it's at 70%, you're going to run fast the other way because you're going to be like, what are they doing? Right. Yeah. Are they vetting these borrowers property? What about uh, properly? What about the property? Things like that. So, um, there's a lot of them out there. I will tell you, please, please weed through them. Do your due diligence. And if they can't immediately answer a question when you have them on the phone, something's wrong. Because yeah. as I talk about this all the time, all day, any question that any of my clients have, I can rattle off the answer in an instant. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. Some, some other questions. So you obviously are making money. You have a fee that's associated with this. Is that, is this something that's absorbed by all the investors? It is it absorbed by the client. Um, is it part of just the return? You know, that for example, you might say, uh, Hey, look on this, on this note, um, we're going to offer X percent on return. And then you have it buffered so that you're actually getting a little bit, bit higher percentage um, for your administrative costs. Lowest rate of return that we offer to our investors is 10%. If you okay. are receiving 10%, you can guarantee that we are uh, charging that borrower 12%. Yeah. The additional 2% is what Ignite Funding keeps from a, a monthly servicing perspective. Yep, yep. Right? I get it. And you, um, you got to We are also money. originating those loans. <laughs> yeah, and we're also yeah. originating the loans, right? So yeah. because we are full service, so any origination fees or points, the borrower is paying that directly to Ignite Funding. So our yeah. investors do not pay anything to have an account with us or to right. do any investing with us. It's yeah. all paid by the borrower. Okay. Got it. Um, the next question I have, and then I want to get to some other pieces of this is, um, and I know you sent me a list of questions, but isn't it funny that I haven't even looked at it? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I bet I have an answer. answer. <laughs> well, maybe there's something. What's the minimum investment amount? I got it. <laughs> But generally, I'm just curious, you know, myself. Um, and I had told you when I met yeah. you, I said, I don't want you to answer anything because I just want to find out. Um, 
So you mentioned yeah. minimum investment of 10,000 up to higher amounts. So you could take on a higher percentage of any given loan. You could scatter the 10 grand, you know, across a variety of different loans if you wanted to. Um, is the 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 uh, return on the investment for the investor higher when they have higher um, uh, risk associated? I'm going to call it risk, you know, or higher investment. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. is the rate different if we want to hold for nine versus 27 months? And is that option in there to say, you know, look, I'm going to get into this for 27 months, but now mm -hmm. I want my money back for whatever reason. Can I sell it on a discount to another mm -hmm. investor? Can you put someone in? So I know that's a very loaded question, but you know exactly where I'm heading with this is, you know, right. what is that, that, you know, horizontal right. and vertical yep, look like? Yeah. Right. So these investments aren't liquid. So once you're in an investment and it's the way that we write it. So let's say mm -hmm. it's uh, 18 months. It's mm -hmm. written as one nine month loan term with one optional nine month extension to the borrower. Uh, yeah. I do always tell my clients that if you see that expect to be in that loan for 18 months. Mm -hmm. But what I will also tell you is on average, since we've been doing this type of lending since 2011, our average loan term is a little over 10 months. We don't charge our borrowers prepayment penalties, right? Okay. So yeah. they can pay off that loan at any time. It can be an 18 month loan and they can come in 90 days down the road and pay it off, right? Yeah. We don't know that. I mean, literally we, we get a wire and the loan's we're paid like, off. Oh, and we're like, oh, paid off. okay, yeah. great. And then we get our investors and in, yeah, we're like, yeah. oh, okay. Which is good because then it gives the investors time to see the process from start to finish. You saw the yeah. loan origination process and you also received a payoff. So this is how our system works. So let's get you into something else, right? And they're normally comfortable with that because they do want to see it from start to finish. Mm -hmm. um, so no real aftermarket for things like this because they're not liquid. So once you're in, you're in. Uh, what I will tell my investors is just know 18 months. And yeah. 18 months, believe it or not, sounds like a, a little bit, but it goes by it so isn't. fast. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really not when you're talking about these funds, because a lot of them are in funds that I talk to, they have a three to five year hold in some mm -hmm. cases. So yeah. 18 months to them is nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I know I I'm in a syndication yeah. for three years. I'm in a syndication for five. I'm in another yep. note hold for 24 months. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. So, so that sounds good. And then the return on the investment for the investor, is that based on how much they put in? Is that also scale uh, or is it pretty much the same for everybody? It's pretty much the same for everybody. The only caveat to that is on some of the loans that we do for investors that are coming in with higher dollar amounts, meaning over a hundred thousand mm -hmm. in one particular loan, mm -hmm. we will increase it by a half a percentage point. So it would be a 10 and a half percent, for example. Okay. Um, there are some, I will tell you uh, on average, anywhere between 10 to 11 is what you're going to see from us. Now yeah. that is yeah. fixed, monthly mm -hmm. fixed. So mm -hmm. that is what you would be receiving. If it's a $12,000 investment, 10%, you're getting $100 a month. Yeah, 1200 right? a year. Okay. Over that yeah. $100,000 mark. Yep. 10, yeah. you know, 10 and a half. That, okay. And that extra half a point is something that we at Ignite Funding do for those higher investors. We kick in a half of our servicing point. So that 2% that I was telling you, we yeah. keep, yeah. we give a half a point away to that yes. investor that's coming. I figured, yeah, I figured mm -hmm. that would be the case just because you don't have to find, you know, 17 yeah. or what, 10 more investors at 10 grand. Um, okay. That, that sounds good. Are you lending everywhere right. in all states? Um, so yes, we do lend throughout the United States. We do, but there's a caveat um, because these are trusted investments. 
investments. We prefer to stay in trusted states versus mortgage states. Yeah. And there's a lot of people out okay. there that don't know the difference. In a trustee mm -hmm. state, if mm -hmm. we need to file that notice of default and foreclose on the property, we can take that property back in 120 days. Now in yeah. a mortgage state, which we do tend to stay away from, we ha you have to deal with the judicial system. And yes. that can take three to five years to get yes, a property back. I know. New Jersey so, is one of them. Yeah, <laughs> it absolutely is. We're so one of the ways that we mitigate risk for our investors is making sure that we do stay in a trustee state. Now, there are some states that are both. Now, if we go into a state like that, we make sure that it is written as right. a trustee and not uh, the mortgage side of it. Um, okay. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, now I want to go into more like the origination piece of this because, uh, you know, it, so, you know, anyone who's listening, we're, we're thinking, we're talking about this as an investor. Now let's talk about it as an originator. I'm going to do that for a second or, or, yeah. you know, just looking for, um, and I know that this is actually, it's a three-pronged question, but I'm just going to ask you each piece of it. One is, uh, can someone bring a deal to you that's in a trustee state that is a first mortgage? Can people bring deals to you? And what does that look like when they do bring deals to you? Because these are loan officers that are saying, hey, I can't get my deal closed because of mm -hmm. some quirky guideline under Fannie and Freddie, which mm -hmm. you know, I'm assuming you're a portfolio and private lender and not really selling on the secondary market, but um, but you're you're you know, it just doesn't fit the quirkiness and the underwriters, you know, heck bent on, on some guideline. We have real estate agents that are, you know, mm -hmm. people are going to buy cash for a house. And then all of a sudden something happens, they can't pay cash and they're in a pickle. Um, I'm not talking about being a bad client. It's just maybe, you know, the IRS lets us write everything off and prove we don't make any money. And then we have to start proving we do make money. So give me an idea of what type of um, deal we could bring to you if we ran across a deal. Um, I will tell you that we will look at anything. Our under our director of underwriting will look at, at whatever is submitted, but we do have lending criteria mm -hmm. um, and you can find that on our website. But what I will tell you is um, we are pretty strict with some, meaning that the borrowers that we work with have to have a minimum of 10 years because uh, we deal mainly in, in commercial, uh, in commercial development. Right. And the reason for that is not only are we vetting that borrower, we also want to see projects that they have done in that time frame from start to finish. Now, if it's a new borrower that we're putting out there, right, they might have 40 years of experience doing development projects that you've completed from start to finish. And we will go out. We're boots on the ground. The president of our company and our director of underwriting are out there actually looking at these projects, looking at the current project that they want us to fund. Um, we're meeting with them. There's a lot of the behind the scenes that happens before we even put that out to our investors, just to kind of give you an idea. Yeah. Um, we are lending anywhere from 500,000 up to, I would tell you over 20 million currently right? It just depends on the deal. We are looking for um, the equity in the property, right? We, mm -hmm. it's, it's yeah. normally 75% or less loan to value is what we're looking for. What kind of skin in the game are they going to put in? So there's a lot of different factors um, that go into it when we're vetting a project. But what I would tell you is if you have something, definitely go onto our website, look at the lending criteria. If you meet that, there's a button there uh, for uh, borrower information. Put that in there. 
send it over to our underwriter, let him take a look at it, have a conversation with him. And then, and then you'll know if, you know, we're right, we're the right fit for you. You're the right fit for us. And then we can kind of take it from there. Okay. Got it. Um, so you're doing, uh, I'm glad I asked that question because I was thinking, uh, you know, cause most of my investments are in residential when it comes to note holding, I'm glad mm -hmm. I asked that question. So you're doing commercial. Um, so that's kind of interesting. So, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a residential loan officer, residential realtor, I mean, for goodness sake, as a residential realtor, you sell real estate. So look at commercial <laughs> as well. Right. Um, but can, no, absolutely. Can you give us a little bit of a um, insight into, you know, maybe, you know, you said you're going to be closing five to 10 deals this month. If you can remember them, tell us a little bit about those deals. Yeah. One is a, you know, is a laundromat, one is a car wash, you know, give us a little bit of a perspective on those deals so that we can be aware of what we're investing in and what we potentially could bring to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the borrowers that come to us, and, and I just want to say that they do continue to come back to us for lending, about 90% mm -hmm. of them continue to come back. It's easier. Now, this month alone, <laughs> yeah. it is easier. And I will tell you, it's easier than dealing with the bank. Mm -hmm. um, they're taking three to six months right now to get something done. Yeah. Now, one of the loans that we did, just to kind of give you an idea, is with a borrower that we work with up in Colorado Springs called Gray's Development or mm -hmm. Local Homes, right? Mm -hmm. This is a townhome uh, developer. Uh, they find a piece of property that they want to acquire. The bank and that seller, the seller's not going to wait six months yeah. to yeah. get their funds, right? That mm -hmm. deal's done. Because it's a borrower that we've worked with previously, we can raise the capital and close on their loan anywhere between seven to 14 days. Wow. So it's yeah. a fast turn that they can go and purchase that property. Now, when I say home developer, right, they're building 100, 200 townhomes, a whole um, unit, apartment yeah. units right now, mm -hmm. right? Because with mm -hmm. the interest rates, yeah, with the interest rates being higher, right, we, we have kind of shifted our lending model away from single family developers to the townhome and apartments, because we do understand yeah. if they got, if the, if the uh, client got knocked out of the market because of those uh, interest rates, single family, they can still afford a townhome. So you'll see us lending on that, or they need to rent anywhere between two to four years longer than anticipated to kind of see, you know, to get them back in the game, get, get them qualified at the higher interest rate, whatever that is. Right. So there's a need for both of those types of, of, of buildings right now. The other yeah. thing that we are funding on are medical facilities. Oh, we great. all know what's going on with mm -hmm. the, exactly yeah. with, with the communities uh, and, and the need for medical and extended care uh, facilities. Uh, so we have one borrower in particular, which uh, does amazing. This is probably the eighth deal that we've done with him strictly in medical. He used to be a home builder and now has gone on to that, uh, the side. Uh, he does a lot in Arizona and the Nevada area. Um, and he will have a buyer for the property. It could be a 48 bed facility, for example, right? Um, that we funded for him. He already has a buyer for that property before we even funded the loan. So, and uh, yeah. his deals are normally 27 months because he is from land acquisition to certificate of occupancy. Right. right. So yeah. He gets that certificate of occupancy. That property is now sold to that particular, uh, whether it's a, a regional health center yeah. or right. whoever's managing the it. Right? And then they mm -hmm. take it over and it's normally for five to 8 million more than we're loaning to him. Right. Yeah. So as an investor looking at us, right. 
The security is you already have a letter of intent to purchase. There's normally a non-refundable million to million and a half that's already on that deal from that particular uh, person that's you know, purchasing mm -hmm. the property. So there's a little bit more skin in the game on a particular deal like that. Um, we also have, um, and, and that particular, you know, borrower, we've done over $75 million with him that he's yeah, paid off. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. there's always that kind of track record, all those stats that we can give you before you, you know, you jump in with us and, and do an investment, but yeah, yeah, it really runs the gamut. So I would tell you, um, larger home development is also very big. And when I say larger mm -hmm. home development, we're talking on average of one and a half million on up, but yeah. the borrowers yeah. that are coming to us for that product, right. They're smaller units. They might be building 15 of those homes, right? Yes. They're not out mm -hmm. there building a hundred, 15 smaller scale. Um, and people are like, are they buying those right now? Their clientele in most cases are coming in the paying cash. They don't need yeah. the financing, right? So yeah. it's for, you know, and so a lot of those different deals, that's the kind of stuff that we're actually looking at and we're funding right now. Okay, good. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's almost like bridge financing for yeah, short-term bridge yeah. financing. They call us bridge, hard money. Right. Money, you know, we're known by a lot of different things, but yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. Um, okay. So that, that explains all that. I, I wanted to just know, uh, and, and if I am catching you off guard here, just tell me that you are, but um, selling, selling notes on discount, just as a general, not, this has nothing really to do with Ignite funding, but selling notes on a discount and non-performing assets on a discount. Tell us what your mm -hmm. knowledge is around that and some of the, the perspective that you have regarding, um, you know, the buy and sell of, of notes at a discount and buying non-performing assets, which most people that are listening to this are going, why would you want a non-performing asset? That doesn't make right, any sense. Right. I mean, and I can speak to some of it. It's not anything that we handle because we, right. we don't sell any of our paper. We keep yeah. all of our paper. Um, I yeah. know that at the conference that we were at, a lot of people are out there looking for only non-performing notes. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what they can get. But to your point, why do you want a non-performing note? So mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot that goes into that behind that and you want to get it performing again. Um, but in a lot of those cases, and you might know some of this, you're going to have a longer hold time. Now, yeah. what if you purchase that non-performing note and they can't get it together? Yeah. And now, you know, property values have gone down. You're holding a non-performing note. You've been holding it for a while. Um, property values and looking at that, there's a lot that goes in to looking at the purchase of those non-performing notes that, you know, I, I would tell you, if you are really good at it, congratulations. Um, <laughs> right. yeah. I think it's a unique, I think it's a unique uh, niche and I am looking yeah. at it only because I want to have knowledge around it, but I'm still very apprehensive about, you know, anything that has to do with that. Cause I, I have had non-performing notes in my own portfolio and I don't really mm -hmm. like to deal with them. Um, and I, and, and it's funny because we tend to hold on to them so tight and saying, well, we'll foreclose on it. And people have re reached out to me and said, Hey, we want to buy your non-performing note at a discount. And, mm -hmm. and as an investor, I'm like, yeah, but if I give away that X amount of money, then that's the money I wouldn't be able to get if I can get myself through this. And I think where the issue is, you know, is that right. people are buying these at a substantial discount to get them off your, the monkey off your back. Right. So to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's really cool. Um, okay, thank you for sharing that. I mean, it's just your perspective, and I and I think yeah. that you know it's valuable. Um, what have what is what would you like to tell someone who's listening? Um, 
like as you're as we're wrapping up our time together, what what's one thing yeah. that I haven't discussed, or maybe something that we have discussed that you just want to reemphasize for the person who's listening, who may be interested in communicating with you guys, with you, you know, your company? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would tell you to, to make sure you're diversifying your portfolio, right? I talk to a lot of people that aren't familiar with real estate investing at all, aren't familiar with these type of investments. Stay strictly in the stock market. Um, I've talked to a lot of people that have lost a lot of money in the stock market. Mm -hmm. Um, I myself have lost money in the market. The only place that I made money was real estate last year. Mm -hmm. Take Mm -hmm. a look at it, right? Do your research, but make sure that you are taking a look at it because in real estate, you have a tangible asset. That tangible asset, even though you're losing money in the market is never going to be worth zero. Right. I mean, realistically, it's not, it's not going to happen. So real estate investing is a good way to diversify your portfolio. If you're not looking into it, absolutely start, um, look at the, like, like you're doing these podcasts and different things like that here at Ignite Funding, we are very big on education. We also do our own podcasts. You will hear from like the president of the company, our director of underwriting, even our borrowers, if we're doing a new deal, we'll have that borrower come in, do a podcast with us. They'll talk about their, where their climate is, right? What, what does that look like from an economical standpoint? How many units are they selling? All of those things, right? Um, it's great education. And, you know, if you still have questions, you know, I'm here. I love to educate people on these type of real estate investments, because I do think that it is so important um, that, you know, there's so many things thrown at people right now, crypto, oil, gas, you know, all of these things, everybody yeah, wants yeah. your attention, jump in here, come do this. Right. But just do your due diligence. And I would tell you that that is the one thing that I do talk to people about a lot is just make sure that you're educated on whatever you're investing in. It's so important, right? If you yeah. don't know, maybe don't go. Right. Yeah. Oh, you got a new phrase. If you don't know, don't go. Yeah. <laughs> I always say, let go to grow, right? Like let go to grow. That's yes. what is one of the things I say, but that's, I love that. If you don't know, don't grow or don't go there. I love that. Yeah. Um, Kate, how is the, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? The best way for them to get in touch with you? Um, the best way is you can give me a call. My phone number directly, uh, direct line is 702-921-5168. You can reach out to me online uh, at kbuta, B-U-T-T-A, at ignitefunding.com. Send me an email. Say, hey, I heard you today. Uh, Can we talk a little further? And I'm more than happy to reach out to you. We'll schedule an appointment. Um, It doesn't cost you anything to find out more information. I know, I know. Listen, you're talking to the choir here because we have to say that to clients all the time. It doesn't cost you anything to explore alone. It doesn't cost you anything to explore. That sounds great. Well, uh, you've been a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that I, I'm happy that your company is called Ignite Funding because that's what drew me over to your table. And then I was pleasantly surprised and got the added bonus of being able to have a conversation with you and learn a little bit more about what you're doing. So thank you so much for taking time. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. It's It's a pleasure.
Absolutely. So everyone, I want to say again, thank you so much for joining us today. Don't forget to scroll down, give us a great five-star review, give some comments back on Kate's uh, episode here. We'd love to hear what you learned here, what you're going to take in action. And also don't forget to uh, click on the notes below. We'll have lots of notes, you know, that have links to Ignite Funding and other things, but uh, we do have another Limitless coming up in August. Um, it's virtual. So please click on that link, get yourself registered for that Limitless. And um, we hope to see you there. So with that, I will catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.